Hello, it's Amelia here from Undercover Architect. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how it's not all about the construction. This is one of the things that I see homeowners get really frustrated by when it comes to building or renovating and their real life experience and how it compares to reality TV and online experts. So let's dive in. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. This season and this episode is brought to you by my online course, Manage Your Build. Now, whilst your project is not all about the construction, the construction is where a lot of projects do go wrong. I see homeowners getting stuck with builders who don't know how to manage their cash flow well, afford funding their projects, and homeowners trustfully, you know, pay for these progress claims just thinking that everything is going to be okay and that it'll all work out in the long run. I recently had an email from a homeowner who 17 months ago started on their project. They had a great relationship with the builder. It was all going well and then the builder ran into cash flow problems. They paid ahead for a specific stage of the project thinking that would be okay didn't even really think about it the next thing they know they've got issues with the builder locking them out of their site they don't know whether the builder is going to finish things the way that they need to they're so close to the finish line and yet they're now actually having to step up to legal battles insurance battles and a whole heap of stress and challenge to get the project done the way that they were hoping for in the first place You being informed and knowledgeable about what to expect in your project, in the construction of your new build or renovation is so key in you feeling in control and being able to create the right kind of relationship with your builder. So not just blindly trusting, not naively just just expecting that it's all going to go smoothly, but actually being able to have a conversation of open communication, transparency and informed knowledge around seeing how your project rolls out. Even you having a fantastic builder on your project, this is still going to be really useful information because you're going to know what to expect to see in your build and you're going to know what are your rights and what are your obligations when it comes to your project. So if you want to learn more about what's inside Manage Your Build, head to www.manageyourbuild.com.au and the homeowner who got in touch with me about that project I just spoke about, she actually said to me she so wished that she joined the program because she knows that she wouldn't now be in the situation that she's in. I don't want to hear emails like that. I want you to be informed. I want you to, I want you to be knowledgeable about your project. Okay. And I want you to get the right outcome from your build. And that's what manage your build will help you do. Okay. So let's dive into this week's episode. This one, you know, I think is going to be really interesting because I, again, look, I think a lot of this stuff is stuff that we know at some level when we watch reality TV renovating and building or we see these things happen online we kind of know that this isn't what real life is going to be like but when we then get to the actual experience of our own project we get disappointed that it's not like that we get disappointed that we can't have those things in our own projects and we can't make them happen because we know that we'd potentially save time and money uh, if we could make that happen so I'm going to be talking in this episode about specifically around 
how the construction process works and how it's not all about construction. What we see in a project that we that rolls out on reality TV or that rolls out in an online sense is they show us the construction process because that's where they can get the most footage. That's where they can get the most kind of traction and the most engagement and the stuff that's actually exciting. Exciting because you can see stuff happening on site and you can see what's happening as things roll out. It's pretty boring to show the regular meetings with the designer. It's pretty boring to show what it looks like to lodge stuff into council. It's pretty boring to show those, you know, late night kind of decisions around, do I make the bathroom this big or this big? It's pretty boring to show the 12 different concepts that you looked at for the ensuite layout it's you know all of those but that's the actual reality of building and renovating now I've talked a lot uh, in other areas of undercover architect about the fact that there's actually four stages to any building or renovation project regardless of the budget regardless of where you're working regardless of what you're doing these four stages exist and I find that the reality and TV uh, and online programs really only touch on they skate across the first three and then they jump into number four and I find that homeowners are all gung-ho about number four and don't really understand the time and the investment of energy that they're going to put into the first three and my online course how to get it right and the welcome home course which is the one that I have for American homeowners is it actually shows you that the time that you spend in those first three parts of your project are what set you up for a great result in that last one that everybody is focused um, on and putting energy into. So what are these four phases? Okay, so let's go through this. The first phase is before you begin your project. So there's a series of steps that are really necessary to set you up before you start designing before you start bringing anybody on board, paying anybody any money and, uh, and really kind of driving into your project, before you begin is a really important phase to make sure that you've pulled together all the information that you need, that you're thinking about the right people to have on your team, that you've understand what is allowable on your site, what your local authority will allow you to do, what your local council will allow you to do, that you're starting to work out how much money you're gonna spend on this and what actually is going to make sense for you to spend money on in this project. You know, so many people just completely skip across that phase and yet that stage is so critical for you actually knowing how to best approach your project and also knowing what you're, what's going to potentially save time and money in your project. And it has to happen. And what I see happen for people most of the time is they're so focused on getting to the end that that stuff ends up having to come in somewhere in that end process and it just delays them, causes them extra time, extra stress, extra money, and potentially undoes a lot of what they're doing in that end stage anyway because they have to go back and fix it to cover those things, okay? So before you begin is really critical. There's, and as I said, I cover this in my courses, How to Get It Right and the Welcome Home course, but it's really about you understanding that there's specific things that you need to do before you even start designing. And when you work with a designer or an architect, they'll generally shepherd you through those things before you start. But I find that oftentimes when you go to a builder because, and you go straight to a builder who's not then sending you to their designer, but they're just basically feeding you into their process straight away. Perhaps what you're doing is you're bringing a design to the builder. So see homeowners will draw up a design on 
graph paper or on an app and they'll take that straight to a builder and then they'll trust that the builder will tell them everything that they need to know whether the design's right whether you know it's going to meet council whether it's going to meet the local development rules all those kinds of things and then they're disappointed because it's not until the builder actually goes to put that into council that the builder finds out that it's not doing all the things that it needs to and I've seen this happen just recently actually in a Facebook group you know a homeowner bought land in a development they've then come up with a design they've taken it to the builder the builders then got that drawn up the builders gone to lodge it into council and they found out about all these extra conditions on the land they thought they were going to be able to get it through a fast track process and they've now found that they actually have to go for a full planning permit which is going to be probably an extra six to nine months and extra fees in the process and this homeowner is saying who can I put this back onto this is not money that I've budgeted this is not time that I've budgeted whose fault is this and it's like well ultimately you didn't do the due diligence and you didn't have anybody helping you do the due diligence before you begin because the builder worked it through in a different phase you didn't understand that this is what you needed to do up front and you were so focused on getting it built which is what the builders focused on as well that all of that got skipped and now it's delaying you and costing you extra money and time and stress and the thing is that council rules change you know local authority rules change so it's not until you go to lodge your drawings for your permits or your town planning approval that you find out whether any of those changes have happened and impact your design if you're working with a somebody who's actually helping you through that before you begin process and helping do that research they will be able to anticipate those issues most of the time so that you enter your council approval with the right information so before you begin that's phase number one the second phase is getting your design right I actually heard Brodie Norris recently talk about this that uh, Brodie Norris is from Lunchbox Architect and he it's something I see for homeowners too that this process of working with 2D drawings can feel quite alien. It's not like you can walk around inside a 2D drawing um, the same way that you can a finished building on site. A, a good designer or an architect, like I know personally, when I'm looking at a drawing, I'm walking around that inside my head. I know personally when I design a building, if I'm not walking around it inside my head as I'm designing it, then something's wrong. I've not, I've not nailed the design. I need to be able to visualize it in 3D. We think in 3D as designers. So, But as a homeowner, if you're not understanding this and you're not having it you know, presented to you in a way that kind of builds engagement and excitement with these spaces, it can feel quite boring and it can feel like, look, can we just get there already? Can we just actually get to the finished product where I can see this happening on site? And it's quite interesting because there's that level of kind of frustration and inability to engage and so that desire to sort of push through it. And then there's also an understanding that the lines and the rooms that you're drawing on this page are going to become the permanent spaces uh, that you live in and really big decisions that you're going to have to commit to long term and so there's a hesitancy as well that happens. Getting the design right involves a series of steps in terms of working with your with the right team, you understanding what's going to be the most suitable solution for your site based on its orientation and the natural assets, what is going to really create the best outcome for your lifestyle and for your family in terms of the way that you size and arrange rooms in your home, you know, what types of rooms you include and how then your budget can work over all of that. And it actually, I find, can and should take a big investment of time. You know, your ability to move that through that quickly will be dependent on the designer that you're working with and how able you are to commit to decisions. You know, I've found that some homeowners are very able to commit to decisions quickly about things and get feedback and get that flow working with a project. 
uh, and you can get through that process sometimes in three to four months. I've also seen homeowners work with designers and that process take 12 to 18 months just because they've not been able to get feedback quickly and then the designers had to wait until they can work on it again and it's not been able to happen seamlessly or a homeowner's even disappeared for three or four months as they've sort of kind of had to rethink things and then they've come back to the designer. So there's a lot of kind of process in that that can take time and sometimes that time frame, particularly then submitting into council and getting your approvals that can you know that process alone can take sometimes six to 12 months and so that can actually be longer than the construction phase that you never see that phase on reality tv or in these online renovating and building programs because they start at the point they go oh they're often backtracking and just telling you what happened or they're showing you very small clips of what it was like to work with the designer they're not taking you through in real time what happens when we're just waiting six months for the design to be approved. Like that's not just not happening. <laughs> so so it's, you know, that makes for very boring online and TV. So, but that's the reality of you will be sitting and waiting for six months. And what can you productively do with that six month time frame where you're not exposing yourself to too much risk if you don't get the approval that you're anticipating, but you're also keeping your project moving. Like nobody talks about that. And yet there's actually a huge opportunity for you to bring forward decision-making, for you to be really getting ahead of the game so that when you hit site, you can be working really well. I see homeowners waiting until they have council approval to even start talking to builders. How do you know then that a builder's not gonna tell you that they don't have availability for 12 months time and you're gonna have to wait another year to actually get started on site and then your project cost is going to move up again. Like there's all of these things that just don't get covered in the strategy Getting the design right too is so much about that strategic approach to how you're physically going to design your home and who you're going to work with. You know, based on your budget and the type of home that you want to build if you're building new, new, that dictates largely who you actually can work with. Are you working with a custom builder who does one or two projects a year? Are you working with a volume builder who, who will adapt your custom design into their deliverable system? Are you having to go straight to a project home builder? Like all of that stuff happens in the getting the design right in terms of renovating, how you're going to renovate and add to a house so that you're not basically pulling it apart to put it back together. What are you gonna to need to know about the existing house in terms of the cost to improve or maintain it? the things that you might have to rectify or fix as part of the renovation work, all of that sits in the getting the design right. And that has such a huge effect on what it will take in terms of budget and time in the actual project construction. And so understanding that phase of work and the investment of time and energy in that phase of work can often be a mystery for people. And then the fees that they need to spend on getting that phase of work to happen, because it just doesn't get it just doesn't get covered in that level of detail in the online renovating and uh, reality TV space. Oftentimes, you're not even seeing, like the, I find that a lot of online experts, as I said in a previous episode, they, they make out that they're the ones that designed the project. They're not showing that they had, you know, several meetings with an architect who sort of facilitated the design and then that architect went away for three months whilst they drew up the construction drawings or, you know, like that there's all of these layers of people behind the scenes and time that that's taken and professional fees that that's cost. That's not factored into the presentation of the project because all they're showing is all about the construction. The third phase of the four that I talk about, the third phase is actually before you build. And it's all the things that need to happen 
before you start construction. So this is a lot of the nitty gritty stuff. It's a lot of those decisions and choices and specifications. It's getting those building approvals. It's thinking about who you're gonna have on your team as you go through construction. There's a lot of things that are involved in getting that right, in making selections that I see a lot of people delay because they haven't realized that they need to think about them before construction starts and then they're making them under the pump and under pressure and under time and budget stress during construction which never bodes well so when you understand that this this process of before you before you build is actually an opportunity for you to save yourself stress and headaches and time and money during construction and you spend that time well then that can be an incredible advantage when you're going uh, into your construction project but again in reality TV and on online uh, building and renovating you don't really see this process because often what's happening is it's all being overlaid on footage of the build happening or uh, you know uh, it's only getting mentioned in small snippets and it's not really being shown at the level of detail that it takes and again things like building approvals don't make for very good television or online engagement um, and so understanding you know getting an energy efficiency certificate understanding changes that you might need to make in order to achieve the star rating that you need on your home all of the stuff that you do to have to make code do you have to bring up the existing house to code standard if you're renovating and extending like there's all of these various uh, questions to be answered that um, don't just get kind of missed in the communication of, uh, of, a, of a reality TV or an online building and renovating. And yet they're such an integral part of you getting your project right. And the thing is that when you don't understand as a homeowner that those first three phases are actually what set you up for an incredibly successful construction process, then you can miss a lot of the opportunity to save yourself time and money and stress and headaches and drama during your build. And why people have such stressful experiences of construction is because they've delayed or they've not understood or they've missed these chances and they're doing it all during the construction phase itself and they're not necessarily getting the right support and guidance for those decisions they're you know i i see people in forums saying uh, i have to get the roofing choice to the builder tomorrow i have to tell the builder what color brick i want i have to pick the front door i have to pick the tiles and it's like it's, they've been given a couple of weeks to do it. You know, they've basically been told that they can go to this supplier and that's the selection that they need to choose from. And they've just missed this gorgeous opportunity to have known, even before they chose that builder, is that builder gonna have the options that I actually wanna choose from? I see a lot of people get to this disappointment phase where they, because they've had this picture in their head about what they wanted their home to look like. And then the builder, because of the model of delivery that the builder might do, the builder says, look, we only work with this supplier and with this designer, so go and talk to them. And you go there and they don't have the tiles that you want in stock or they're not in the budget of what's allowed in the in the construction contract. And immediately there's this disappointment because there's a misalignment between what you thought you were gonna get and what you really, um, what is put into your contract. You know, all of these things can get avoided by understanding the investment and the worth of the investment in that time and attention in those first three phases. And because there's not an, a, not a presentation of the, the meat of these three phases, the nitty gritty of these three phases, in these online and reality TV spaces, this is a mystery to people and it's a frustration instead of being seen as an incredible opportunity. It's a frustration in the fact that it's extra time and it's extra fees and it's delays and it's, uh, it's 
yeah, confusion about the fact that, what, we're not going to be able to start building for another year? Are you kidding me? And, and that is so annoying for homeowners who've been led to believe that it's all about the construction. So of course, phase four is getting your project built. So we have, let's just go through those four phases again so you can remember them. So before you begin getting your design right, before you build and getting your project built. And these are the phases that I take you through step-by-step inside how to get it right for Australian homeowners and the welcome home course for American homeowners. And there's a series of, of steps for each of those phases and they're all about setting you up for a really awesome construction phase of getting your project built without the headaches, without the budget blowouts and without the dramas. Now, reality TV and online building and renovating it's all about construction. And so what you're seeing then is you're seeing the, the person, the homeowner, the contestant, the online expert, you're seeing them stand on site and go, oh, we're going to have this tile. And what they haven't mentioned is they actually picked that tile 16 weeks ago. So it could be delivered to site at the time frame that they needed because a lot of tiles have massive lead times and you want to buy them all in one batch so that they're all matching and you don't get variations in color or texture uh, by buying across different batches. And it's very rare to find tile suppliers who have large quantities of tiles just sitting in stock waiting for you to come in and order them and say that you need them tomorrow on site. So, you know, and, and, it, and based on the tile layout, you will use different quantities of tiles as well. So some tiles, you know, if you're using a herringbone or you're doing a subway tile in a brick pattern or, you know, all of those will have different wastage amounts, different number of cut tiles, different labor costs in the amount of cut, cut tile cuts that a tiler has to do, your, the height to which you're tiling in a room, um, you know, all of those things are not served well by making those decisions for the first time on site. And yet that's what you see people doing in these reality TV and online uh, online spaces. And it's just so at odds. As I've said before, it's so at odds with good project management. It's so at odds with building and renovating in a stress, in a low stress way. And it's so at odds with what a real life builder and real life tradesperson will actually want you to do. You know, I, I doubt, I doubt seriously that, uh, like what I see actually for a lot of homeowners is the tiler doesn't even ask if it's not on a drawing, if it's not been specified somewhere in writing on a drawing or laid out somewhere, the tiler will have looked at what the task selection is um, based on you know what's included in the contract, you'll have picked something out based on what you've allowed, you know that type of thing, and then they'll just go ahead and set it out. They'll just set it out how they want to, and it's not, you know, if you haven't actually specified that somewhere, um, you'll come on site and you'll potentially be disappointed because it's not what you expected. They, if you don't show on a drawing where you want the tiles to be cut, they'll make that decision for you. If you haven't shown on a drawing where you want the towel rails and the you know the toilet roll holder they'll make that decision for you i saw a homeowner really disappointed because she was actually on site at the time when the electrician was there with the builder positioning the heated towel rail in her bathroom and where it got positioned was beside the toilet and the it was low it was positioned low on the wall so when you hung a towel on it it was going to overhang the toilet roll holder so a towel would hide the toilet roll holder 
um, when it was hanging on this towel rack. And she was furious because the builder and the electrician had not spoken to her about where to set this out. At the end of the day, they're not actually obligated to, unless you have explicitly laid out in your contract that you want to be notified, you want to determine this, or you've not, you know, or you've put it in a drawing, which is actually the best thing to do, you've positioned it in a drawing then they will make that decision for you. And yes, a good builder, good electrician will potentially notice that you're on site and say, hey, look, we're having a bit of confusion about this. Where would you actually like it? Um, you may not be able to make that decision on the fly. You may not be able to be capable of making that decision under that pressure. That might be something that you don't like doing. Or you might have to dash off to pick a kid up from school and not be able to stand around and have that conversation. That doesn't happen in reality TV and online building and renovating spaces because they know that they're going to be at that at that site making those decisions, making those calls, and so that all plays out very politely and kindly, and you know, in a very conversational way, and it's all done, and it looks like it's happening. This is what happens, and your builder's going to talk with you about these things, and they're going to ask for your opinion, and they're going to check with you to make these decisions before they go and install things on your behalf, and. It's just not the case. A builder wants to get your project done fast. Their money is made by getting their project, the project done seamlessly, by not delaying anyone, by keeping people working, by getting things programmed seamlessly and getting things working in a very um, cohesive way. And so for them to stop and try and track you down on the phone, perhaps get you out to site to make that decision, it's not going to happen. Okay, It's not going to look like that everybody having a good chat around all of those decisions on site. Um, particularly if you traveling to site is not something that's easily able to happen. Like I spoke in the last episode, it's not your full-time job. You're not nearby site. You've got a life that you're juggling it with. You can't say to a builder, look, can you just delay that until, you know, next Tuesday when I'm going to be coming past the site again? Or, you know, even the fact that you're not actually legally allowed on the site unless you have the builder's permission. This is something homeowners don't realize. They see on reality TV, you know, everybody traipsing across sites, letting themselves in in the evening to go and have a look around. When a builder takes occupation of your site, it's no longer your home. It's no longer your land. It's their construction site. It sits under their workplace health and safety obligations, under their insurance, and they are responsible for maintaining the security and the safety on that site. And so you have to have their permission in order to access that site. Some builders will go about giving you a set of keys to the fence. I'm seeing less and less builders being willing to do this. I'm seeing more and more builders actually wanting to induct you uh, to, so that you understand safe, safe site practices. You understand that you have to wear closed shoes. You understand that you can't bring children onto the site. You can't bring people who haven't been inducted because we're seeing as things become more and more litigious, if you have an accident on site, it's the it's the, on the builder. And so I am definitely saying that less and less builders are willing to accommodate you having a key and on the weekend bringing over the in-laws and your toddlers and walking around and traipsing over scaffolding and picking your way over exposed Rio bars and all of those types of things to have a wander around your construction site. And so that's not what you see either on reality TV or on um, on building and renovating. We did start to see on the block they were inducting um, they were inducting all of the trades, they were inducting all of the contestants, and if somebody stuffed up, they had to go back through the induction process. You know, like as a professional, I have to have a specific card that enables me to walk on site. 
you may find that the builder actually insists that you go and do the training for this card, which is an online thing and, you know, some st- it depends on the state that you're in and the location that you're in, but they may actually say you need to get a site safety card in order for get a- to get access to my site. And anybody that you want to bring on the site has to, ha- it has to do this site safety card as well. So I c- none of that, none of that gets shown um, in that level of depth. It just people just assume well it's my house i'm paying for it to get built or renovated i'm going to be able to walk on it whenever i want i have seen homeowners get barred from their own sites i've seen design professionals get barred from the sites that they've been working on uh i've been barred from a site and it was only because the homeowner had included me in the contract that they were able to force the builder back into allowing me on the site and it was because i was calling the builder on a few things and and pointing out that they were doing things that weren't necessarily in keeping with the way that the design had been intended or that you know installation of there was installation of a specific material according to manufacturer specifications and the builder was doing it a different way and we were pointing that out and the builder didn't like it and barred us from the site so you know when a builder's not installing something as per manufacturer specifications you can have warranty issues uh so like like None of that. Like, this is the thing. Building and renovating a home is actually a complex process. It involves a lot of players, a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of expertise. And in the process of anyone can do this, this is easy. You know, we're we're learning as we go. We're relying on the expertise of tradespeople and suppliers to fill all of our gap and tell us what we don't know. Uh, They're going to tell us how we need to coordinate them. We're all going to be able to have a good laugh on site um, at the fact that we haven't made this decision and it should have been made two weeks ago. Um, They're going to be okay with us delaying them or not paying them full rates because they're going to get their brand in front of a large audience and get associated with our brand. Like, I know that you know this, but it's easy to forget when it's your own project. It's your own money. It's your own home. And what I want you to be is prepared and to manage your expectations around this and understand that there's actually four phases and it's not all about the construction, okay? It is not all about the construction. It's not all about the excitement of seeing everything come together on site. Where, where you are best served, investing your time and your effort and your energy and your money is in those first three phases and particularly in getting the design right because in getting the design right that is ultimately what is going to create the finished home and the lifestyle that you get to lead and racing through that will not serve you well in the home that uh, you deliver at the end the last thing i want to mention is just that whole thing about liability and risk and sequencing you know again i think that this is something that you're aware of but trades are generally very unwilling to work over the top of each other particularly at the rate at which I see them do on reality tv and online programs that have deadlines it is extraordinary to see just how crazy a site gets when they're working to a deadline and it's this you know horn goes tools down you know one hour to go all that kind of stuff and what I see happening on site in terms of unsafe work practices, trades working over the top of each other, um, the sequencing of work and just what, yeah, just the, the freneticism of it that I know would never happen in a real life renovating and building experience. Chances are if an electrician turns up to site and see that the tiler is still going, they'll say, okay, I'll see you in, uh, I'm going to go to this other job and that other job's going to take me four or five days. So I won't be back for a week. And, you know, because you weren't ready for me when you said you would be ready and I have other jobs to do. And that's the more the reality of what 
goes on in real life renovating and building. Trades are not willing to put themselves at risk in terms of their workplace health and safety, in terms of their liability, just to meet your deadline if they don't believe it's going to enable them to deliver project pro, pro, uh, quality work in a safe way. They're not going to be willing to work after hours. They're not going to work till midnight just because their brand will be on a TV program. They're not going to be willing to sleep on site um, in order to help you deliver um, your project by that 24-hour deadline. They're not going to be willing to work on other, um, you know, like you see some of those trades willing to pick up a paintbrush in order to help out, in order to make a deadline. Again, I know that you know this, but it can be so easy to forget in your own project. Seamlessly and strategically sequencing a project is the key to a smooth running, efficient, on-time project. Getting a builder who understands the importance of programming work, is proactive in managing their trades, has worked with their trades uh, and subcontractors extensively, can pull priority with their trades and subcontractors as well, you know, and make sure that their trades and subcontractors are always informed. What real builders are doing is they're on the phone every morning to their team going, okay, this is where we're at. Um, excuse me, Ms. Mr. or Mrs. Electrician, we're not actually going to be ready for you this afternoon. We've been delayed by weather. We're going to need you on Tuesday. Is that going to be okay? No, it's not going to be okay. All right, well, I'll bring forward this bit of work. Ring Mr. or Mrs. Plumber, can I get you to site earlier because the electrician can't come till Tuesday? Like that's the, that's the reality of it, okay? And that's what a builder is earning their margin for. That's what a builder's expertise is. That's what a good builder does. They are coordinating that work. They're basically understanding and future-proofing and anticipating all of the things that need to happen so that your project can get delivered in a seamless way and meet all of the requirements of your contract, the timeline of your contract. Where I see projects go pear-shaped is when builders don't operate like that, when homeowners don't know what to expect, they've watched a builder not turn up to site for three weeks and they've not known what is what is their rights, what they can demand, what they're supposed to do. I've seen that many people comment in Facebook groups about, hey, I haven't seen my builder for three weeks um, or the builder keeps telling me that you know, home was going to be ready in June, now it's October, now it's December, now it's February. There are contractual things that show how long a project can take and when you start, you know, what is allowed to delay that and what's not allowed to delay that. All of those things are just things that don't get discussed in reality TV because they don't operate according to normal sequencing. They don't operate according to normal building requirements and allowable hours of work and allowable ways of working. And so whilst you may want to have that activity and that freneticism and that urgency about your site, and you will start to see it, particularly as your project starts nearing the completion line, you will start to see a lot more trades being on site at one time um, as you get into those finishing stages and you start moving into practical completion and there is a real deadline about getting your project completed. But in those methodical stages of like getting your slab down, getting your frame done, you know, getting all of your services in, that happens much more in a compartmentalized way where each person and trade is moving through their scope of work and are working in a coordinated fashion so that they're not making any mistakes and there's not a freneticism about the way that they're working. So whilst you may be focused on the construction part of your project, because that's the bit that feels the most real, the most tangible, the most exciting, seeing your home come to life on site, please know it's not all about the construction. It's not all about the process of the bricks and sticks and the concrete and the gyp rock and the drywall and the lighting and all of those kinds of things happening and all of the people and products that need to make that happen. 
but it's actually the three phases before. That is one quarter of what needs to happen in your project and the three phases before of before you begin getting your design right, before you build will actually set you up for a good construction process and then finding the right team to work with and having realistic expectations around timeframes and their liability risk sequencing and the way that they want to work and the way that they're responsible for working in a quality and, and a contractual way is what will deliver you a good project. So if you can really disengage yourself from what you see on reality TV on an online renovating and building in terms of the fact that it looks like something that you will, you know, be involved in and called on every step of the way uh, and be making decisions and always being asked, it's just not the case. Get it in your drawings, get it in your contract, get it in your selections, Get the builder having all the information that they need to deliver on the decisions that you want and you know are important before you sign that contract. And then construction can run smoothly and you can have your weekly site meetings and you can know that things are rolling out the way that they need to and you'll meet that completion date that's in your contract. Uh, before I go, I'm going to read another podcast review, but I did just want to mention I had the beautiful experience of speaking with one of the members of uh, one of my online courses this past week. Uh, and uh, she was getting me to review her design, which is one of the upgrades that you can buy inside How to Get It Right or Inside Manage Your Build. You can um, upgrade to include a, a review from me or uh, a Skype consult with me. And it's something I just offer to, offer to members of the courses. And what was really amazing was um, we had looked at her design earlier um, when she'd been a member of a previous course and then she'd gone away and she has like she's been so fantastic at really getting herself informed by listening to the podcast and really understanding and following Undercover Architect and implementing what she's been learning in the courses to create a design outcome. And she, you know, we were sitting there looking at this floor plan and she was asking about specific things. And I said to her, look, what I'm, what I'm suggesting is tweaks. You know, it's basically honing what you've already done because what you've already done is fantastic. It's actually better than some of the architectural work that I see. And what I love about Undercover Architect is that I know, I know in my heart and my gut that when you as a homeowner are informed and educated, I see time and time again members of the UA community getting themselves knowledgeable in a way that means that you have the tools and the resources to work incredibly well in your projects, to be the advocates that your home needs, to be the ambassadors for your home and the design of your home, and to create incredible results. This is the thing is that if you want to work with an architect or a designer, then I hope Undercover Architect teaches you how to find the right one for you. And if you don't want to work with them and you want to go about designing your home yourself, then I hope that Undercover Architect gives you the tools and the knowledge through the knowledge through the podcast and the blog and the online courses to get your design right. And it just fills me with such encouragement and uh, it's just such a joy to see this play out. You know, this beautiful homeowner has just created such an incredible result and I know that her home will be fantastic. And 
what was just so brilliant to see was just how coachable she was. You know, I was making suggestions of what she needed to do next and I know she will go away and she'll put those into action. And this is the thing, like you, as I've said before, are the key as the homeowner to unlocking what is possible for your home and you being informed and empowered is the best way to do that. So I'm going to read, uh, there's a review here by Lee Girl, which says, brilliant advice to get it right. What an awesome podcast. It really helps people understand all the different elements to building. Amelia has a great presence in her podcast that make you want to binge listen to several episodes at once. I am very grateful that she spends the time to share her wealth of knowledge with people wanting to get it right when building their own homes or renovations. Thank you. And I do love, I often find that listeners um, will find one piece of information um, in a specific episode and then they'll go back to the beginning and they'll listen to all of the episodes the whole way through and it's why I've structured them in seasons it's why I've tried to group bits of content so that I can really deep dive into these topics that I know are helpful for you and keep them inside a season so that you can listen to that season I've had homeowners tell me that they had me going the whole way on a trip from Sydney to Melbourne and back which just cracks me up because I can't get my kids to listen to me that much but it's, it's just so I just consider it it's such an honor and privilege to be able to share your journey in this way and it blows me away that I can reach and help so many of you um, purely just by the fact that you tune in each week so thank you so much for listening and for letting me be your secret ally I am so fortunate that uh, that you listen each week that you tune in each week and I hope that Undercover Architect really is your secret ally in helping you get it right when designing, building or renovating your home. Until next time, bye.